Hello friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back. So good to see you. Of course, I can't really see you, but I really do see you because I meet so many of you down the trail, preaching in this place or that place that tell me, hey, Kurt, we've been listening to your podcast, and that means so much to me. Or you leave a comment on YouTube as you're watching, and that means a lot too. And if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment because I love to know where people are listening from. So even take a moment right now, just leave a comment, say, I'm listening from, and it's so cool because sometimes we'll have people listening from Australia or someplace in Africa or Europe. And it's just, I love to just know that people are listening in any number of places and what a blessing to have the the wonders of modern technology at our disposal for the Word of God, for for good purposes. So thanks for listening, and I'm looking at you saying thank you for coming today. We're in Romans chapter 8, and look at verse number 17. We kind of ended, I'm sorry, verse number 16. We ended here uh, yesterday where it says the Spirit itself, and and again, I want to emphasize that and that's the correct translation, by the way, the spirit itself, because it is a neuter pronoun that that undergirds this verse in the Greek language. So it's a correct translation. Uh, sometimes people get bothered by that. Well, the spirit is not a force. It's not in it. The spirit is a person. And that's true. Uh, the spirit is a person. But the reference here is to remember, we talked about the spirit of the father, and the Spirit of the Son. So when we talk about that, sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit, Him, like in Acts chapter 5, or the Spirit of God having a personality. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. Certainly that's the case. The Bible makes it emphatically clear that God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. He is the proper pronoun to use. But when we talk about the Spirit of the Father, for instance, or the Spirit of the Son, that is proper to use the neuter pronoun. Okay, for instance, if I said, I communicate with God, that would be a true statement. I do communicate with God. But if I said, my spirit, it communicates with God too. It would still be me saying, I communicate with God, but I'm referring to to my spirit as it, even though it's impersonal, I'm referring to it as, so there's the point. The point here is don't get thrown by the neuter pronoun This is in no way denying the personality, the personhood of the Holy Spirit of God. So verse number 17, and if children, so we're the children of God, the Spirit of God witnesses to us, affirms that to us internally. And if we are children, verse number 17, then we're heirs. H-E-I-R-S, we're heirs, inheritors, we're heirs. Heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. So what does that tell me? That tells me all that Christ receives, we receive. All that Christ is, we will be. We we are righteous as he, because we've received his righteousness. 
even practically, we're becoming more like him and living more like him because of the spirit of Christ in us, helping us, conforming us. But one day, wow, glorification and our body will be made like unto his glorious body. No more sickness, no more pain, no more struggle. I mean, what a promise, heirs. It's going to go on to say in this same chapter that if God spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So every good blessing that we get in life, this life or the life to come is because of and through the, through the mediatorship of Jesus Christ. So we're heirs and we're joint heirs with Christ. And then the Bible says, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And this is kind of a transition here in the subject matter of Romans chapter eight, because now the apostle Paul says, hey, I've been talking about these high and lofty ideals that we have this status in Christ and we have this wonderful future of complete salvation, including even our body. And these are great truths on which to dwell. But then we kind of come back to what I call the nasty now and now and say, but yeah, but I'm really going through it today. And I have this doctor's appointment today about some really bad news that I received. And uh, this person in my life is really uh, turn their back on me, and I'm suffering a really tough financial reversal right now in my life, and I've got all these problems, and I'm being persecuted at work because of my testimony for Jesus, and and Paul kind of includes all of that concept here by saying, hey, yes, we're heirs of God. That's true, and we're joint heirs with Christ. That's true, but it's still future. Now we've inherited some, but 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 the the sum total and the full measure is still future. So the Bible says we are this if so be. Indeed, now we suffer with him. So Paul is giving credence to the fact that in this world we have suffering, and the pathway is one fraught with uncomfortableness. But I think the point here is that suffering is one of the ways by which God hones us and forms within us the very character of Christ. We learn obedience through the things that we suffer. That's what the writer of Hebrews taught us. Even the son learned obedience through suffering. The Bible teaches in Philippians chapter three that to know him, we know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. You get to know Jesus in deeper ways and ways by which you could not otherwise know him through suffering. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians that he knew that the suffering of this present world was not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Wow, that's a great statement. So the, the point here is that Paul, obviously the Holy Spirit, Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is helping us to understand a perspective about suffering. Now, Paul's writing the Romans. I mean, if anybody is going through 
suffering. If anybody is feeling the pressure of a Roman government that is increasingly anti-Christian, it is the Romans. And then Paul is writing this. If anybody had a biography of, an autobiography of suffering, it was the Apostle Paul. He even listed some of the things, shipwreck and whippings and beatings and imprisonments and uh, time without food and dangerous times in travel with bandits. And he went on and on. I mean, Paul suffered intensely. And yet he puts all of that suffering in context. Uh, That's your need today. That's my need today. My need is not the absence of suffering. No, because the absence of suffering really then is the absence of knowing Christ in ways that God wants us to know him. No, suffering is important. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I like what Peter said. He said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, Peter said, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be, re- shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. So suffering, even in, see, in the Christian life, everything has context for your relationship and your growth in Christ, everything. That nothing, no event, no painful moment is without context for the believer. And we're gonna see this in a really big way when we get to a famous verse here in a couple in a couple verses, but suffering has context. That's why I think uh, James taught us in James chapter one that we should count it all joy. In other words, reckon this to be true. Account this to be true. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, different kinds of trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces, worketh patience or perseverance. But let patience, that the, the willingness to abide under that trial, let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, lacking or wanting nothing. And if you're struggling in that process, if any of you lack wisdom, then let him ask of God. And God will help you to have this perspective. So the wisdom that we're asking for from God in James chapter one is in light of trials that sometimes we don't understand or that puzzle us. And Lord, why would you allow this to? Well, the suffering, the suffering's part of it. And the part of it is that we would even know him better in the fellowship of those sufferings. So verse number 17, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So keep the perspective in view. We're we're playing the long game, aren't we? We've got to make sure that our perspective is eternal. Look at, we look not on the things which are seen, but the things that aren't seen. That's the conclusion of that promise there in, in to the Corinthians. Look at verse number uh, 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And think about the terminology there. So it's not that glory that will be given to us, like, okay, I'm proud of you 
for now I'm going to give glory to you. I'm going to share my glory with you. I'm going to make you shine, uh, said the Lord. No, that's not what it's teaching. What it's teaching is the glory shall be revealed, the glory that shall be revealed in us. So in other words, you already have the very life of Christ in you. You already have the glory of God in your life. And suffering is one of the ways by which God is refining you. I remember when I was in fourth grade, went to a little elementary school in East Heartland, Connecticut, and one of my classmates, a girl by the name of Kristen, whom in full disclosure, I did have a crush on, but Kristen's dad was a geologist. And I'll never forget one day, he came to our school and showed us how rocks, just ordinary rocks, can be put in a tumbler over time and this process where they can be smoothed out and shined up and they were beautiful. These these seemingly worthless rocks were made into these beautiful, decorative, polished stones. And I thought that's what the Lord does in suffering. He's jostling us and and the pain of rubbing up against and taking off the rough edges. But boy, the glory that was revealed, it was always there. You just couldn't see it until the polishing and the and the tumbling took place. That's what's happening in your life. But it's not some geologist spinning a tumbler. No, it's the Lord in all of his sovereignty, in all of his wisdom, showing, helping you to become more like Jesus, helping you to shine. And one day you will shine uh, forever because of the glory that is already in you because of Christ. That's a great, great uh, encouragement to me. Verse number uh, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Look at verse number 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know, what what does suffering do? It makes us that much more expectant, that much more hopeful in a confident way of what will be our status forever, what our future status has been guaranteed to be, the earnest expectation of the creature. That's me. We wait for, we long for, we hope for, we look for that manifestation of the sons of God, that day when our body, when our lives will be the complete illustration of the salvation that God has planned for every single believer. That's good news. So we'll stop there, verse number 19 for today, out of time, and we'll jump back into verse number 20. Thanks for listening, means a lot to me. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.